With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of rebel edition i'm your host bailey here with me is Corey. as always we've got a special guest today miss bay what's going on y'all y'all good yeah, doing good thanks for coming on yes thank you for having me i'm definitely excited to be here especially listening to previous episodes and it's always been it's always been interesting so i felt like you know try my hand at it jump on here <laughs> Hey, I listened to that one you made. You got heat. Don't lie. Yeah, no, that's not need, coming back. So. Need to bring it back. <laughs> but we're here after the draft, do some conversations about HBCUs and acknowledgement and ways the game can grow with the NCAA and the WNBA and also in embracing these HBCUs and mid-major schools. So as we all know, we had an HBCU player drafted into the W draft for the first time in 20 years. So it's been kind of on everybody's mind and other events have taken place this week that have made it come to the forefront. We brought in our expert to kind of run point for us because we definitely don't want to overstep our knowledge. And so floor is yours. You want to get us going, start wherever you want. Yeah. I mean, um, well, thank you for letting for for giving me the the ball at the at the one position because I've never ran point at any point when I was playing basketball in my younger years. So did you play? Be, I was definitely a two, or um, sometimes I would go with the three. So okay, okay. I did not like to. I didn't like that much responsibility. I was more of the shooter. Like, give me the ball. I'll shoot perimeter. I was not a a driver by any means. Just okay kind of okay like, so so you, you just it. got that green light yeah it's like if I see it I'm going for it like I didn't that was probably my other thing I just my, I won't say my judgment was bad but it was more of like oh I see the opportunity I'm taking it so so who is your WNBA comp then as far as like my like my top five like wings or like my top five three two threes and everything who did you play most like um Maybe I'm thinking like more of like more current. The streets be saying um, Hamby is a wing, but at the time I was taller than a lot of my teammates. Um, I stopped growing at like five five, but most of my teammates were like five foot, and so like I was kind of like the post wing ish type of person, and so that's where they would put me at. Um, also, I love my girl Hamby, but yeah, that was kind of like. I guess more current modeling my game after if we're talking about like back in the day type deal. Hmm, I would probably say like more angel angel. Yeah. Like it was probably angel energy. I feel like I was giving a lot of that. I kind of just like would watch and, and kind of slide into whatever I would see on TV and especially with the W since it wasn't shown a lot. And most of the time it was the dream. It was kind of like, you know what? Her, absolutely her. That's who I'm going to model my game after. So it was kind of like a mixture of, of a little bit of everything, honestly. But I was definitely a, a perimeter player. I'm definitely like how the kids are nowadays. Like I'm not driving. I'm just going to shoot outside for sure. Prime Angel McCautry is, is a heck of a comparison. I feel like I was highly oh well, I'm a cocky person when it came to basketball. I thought I was the best person out there. So 
talk your talk. That's what we're here to do. Yeah, I mean, I nobody can touch my my three point percentage. So, I mean, okay, that's just how it is. I mean, <laughs> I was going in, but yeah, no, that was definitely um, that was my that was my inspiration. But no, um, as far as like. I guess taking the reins on like talking about this. There's so many ways you could start with it, but I feel like everybody saw. Um, I feel like the draft was so quick, and I even missed it watching. Um, I actually had to like kind of rewind back because they said it, and it was so fast, like you didn't even hear it. So, um, I remember seeing Amisha Williams Holiday getting um, getting picked up, and all I I just saw the name. That was it. Then I saw on Twitter. And I was like, oh, let me rewind because I might have seen something and I didn't realize it. And I saw it and I was like, well, dang, like it was up and then it was gone that fast. Um, And for me, I think seeing that was like so exciting. But in the moment, like you really couldn't even get really excited because they were at like two, three picks forward at that point. Like it was like the Russian roulette of like, picking something like just go and take the risk see what happens next we need to get this done by like 10 o'clock we got a we got a curfew type deal um so I felt like in that aspect I was a little a little disheartened um being an HBCU grad especially an HBCU grad from a small school in the middle of nowhere um shout out to West Virginia State University the illustrious um and having so much history there, I guess I'll backtrack there is like, uh, as far as HBCU athletes, like a lot of culture and things relating to the basketball realm, not just the WNBA, but also obviously on the men's side specifically, um, my school had a lot of history with that. And we still don't get as much acknowledgement, I think, um, for that. But the first African-American to be, um, to actually like step foot on the court and play in the NBA uh, was Earl Lloyd and he went to West Virginia State and so a lot of people won't know that you can ask a million and one people and they will not be able to tell you who he is or where he went to school but uh, we take a lot of pride in that and I feel like that's a, a talking point that could have been stressed um, not just talking about obviously um, basketball but I think talking about how the draft and how HBCU athletes kind of go hand in hand like since the beginning of breaking the color barrier in basketball um so I feel like that kind of like I don't know I feel like there should have been more featured content dedicated to her and it really wasn't much in a way and I I saw moments after she was picked on Twitter there were video clips of the live feed in her home but they were not to be found on the broadcast and I think that was a feature that they implemented, you know, for the COVID years, but I thought it was a good feature that they could have kept around for everybody. Cause not everybody attends, which, you know, happens for whatever reason, but I thought that would have been cool to see on the broadcast. And even for the second and third round picks, even if it takes longer, I would like to see that because they all deserve a shine, but especially someone like her who's making history just to be a kind of name in the crowd on their side when she is so much more than that from our side, it was, it's definitely lackluster. Well, I was going to say earlier, you said that we all know that someone was drafted. And the issue is that, I mean, I was watching the draft live and if I didn't also have Twitter open, I probably would have missed it. So you say everyone knows the unfortunate answer is no, they probably don't because we're too busy prioritizing showing highlights of, of, of like I, I caught it on the pod on Monday it's not exactly the same thing but like instead of taking the time to show, show highlights of Niara's sister or somebody else that's already in the league you can take the time to put the focus on the players that are coming into the league now and obviously that was in round one not round not the, not whenever Amisha was picked but that's a function of structuring the broadcast in a way that is not actually featuring everybody that is being drafted that night whether it be the at-home cameras or things like that there's so many better ways to actually like feature the players oh yeah I definitely agree with that um I I mean I definitely studying broadcast I think in undergrad and then kind of like having it trickle over um later down the line in like grad school and everything like 
production value is my biggest like gamut like I just I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people have to like tap into and I know um folks are really like short attention span now like folks have the attention span of like 30 seconds or something from like things that I remember in the past and stuff like that that's why we have like these 30 second you know slots and everything but at the end of the day it's like it would take all of 30 seconds to just have I don't know just the simplest of things like hi I am so-and-so and I go to Jackson State University I go to North Carolina A&T because there were two HBCU athletes that were um that declared only one got drafted but the second one was Shannon Scott and I know that she didn't start at A&T but um she actually was at Georgia Tech but she had finished her her journey at A&T and she didn't even get any shine that's two athletes that could have gotten drafted she could still get the opportunity but they had the perfect, you know, opportunity to kind of tap into that. Um, it was also, I think, they said 50 years. Well, I don't think it's 50. I think it's 40. Um, I want to say it's been 40 years since Cheney, um had their final four appearance, which was, I mean, that's a, it sounds like a long time, but it's really not. Um, and I feel like those are the things that could have been highlighted, even on the NCAA side for women's basketball, like, as soon as they saw Jackson State put LSU um, on the on the oh we might we might get you know booted real quick. Um, they should have been kind of like doing their rounds and like starting to do their diligence. And I think like they have a really bad habit of not doing that. Like once something gets like some attention, like everybody had their eyes on Jackson State and Howard, and they had two opportunities to acknowledge you know, something and they didn't. And I always feel like that's usually the case with, um, with being, um, going to an HBCU and then also just like experiencing it firsthand and having that, you know, long-term experience of seeing it. So I feel like that was one of the things that kind of frustrated me. I won't say frustrated, but that's the only way I can describe, but they did not do a good job, um, covering them, covering mid-major athletes, um, barely did a good job making sure that uh Henny got drafted in the first round but that was just a bunch of just little things just over coverage for some things to not go one way um and then not enough coverage for things that completely were unexpected so yeah you get Holly Rowe asking everybody about their dead best friend or getting cut or this that and the third but then you hear nothing from anyone drafted below 20 and to me like those players are just as relevant as the first 20 well first 18 half whatever how you want to look at it and the balance was all off they were they seemed to be more focused on advertisements and marketing and all these things which is fine but when you're doing that and overlooking your core product what makes your product your product and that's the players are you really getting ahead here? You know, and that just looks, to me, it looks money hungry. It looks like your priorities are out of whack and it just doesn't really align with what the W says they're about, but the actions don't match the words. And, mm. and if the NBA, and again, we're comparing cross leagues here, but if the NBA can televise their entire first round, we see one through 30 at least, why can't we see one through 36 for the W? It's pretty simple. There's obviously a market. There's obviously fan base. There's people that's going to watch. It was the most viewed draft since 2004. Let us see the good stuff. Like, I thought it was a dreadful showing to be the most viewed draft since 2004, personally. Yeah, and I, I mean, I understand the, the issues of, like, not – I guess you don't want to invite all 36 people that you think are going to get drafted because then you have the awkward moment of they're in the room and they didn't get drafted. That's terrible. And like, but like there's somewhere in between where if, even if you're not going to have them in the room or what have you, like feature them more. It's not that tough to put together even a, just a 30 second video package on each player rather than shoving in. Well, while you were away or while we were talking about this for some unknown reason, five more players were drafted. Don't worry about it. Like, cause like that, if you're telling me that it's not important enough for you to even use TV time on, why would, 
Like I care because I'm a diehard fan, right? But like for people that are like like you said, Bailey, that are just tuning in first. Oh, the draft is almost. Let's try this. Let's see if this is something that catches my interest. You're already telling them, don't care, and that's the worst possible message you can send. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. yeah. I mean, and the ad space was like excessive, um, but again, like that ad space could have been prime example I think about um circling back obviously like to the the main topic is I think from the aspect of watching even just casually like watching streams for like any like regular regular school that does not have ESPN plus because and even on ESPN plus um these schools I'll specifically highlight um the redacted conference that I work in with the two HBCUs that are in it um they have all of the time in the world to, you know, dedicate their 30 second slots to showcasing their schools. um, Basically like, you know, their commercials for the schools. And that's like perfect time to like, okay, boom. I know Amisha's in here. Shannon Scott's in here. You got A&T and Jackson State in here. You got Florida Gulf Coast. Um, How hard is it to, hey, we will, foot the bill on um giving you this ad spot um here come on like these people are like all their eyes are on them they just talked about all of these athletes from some schools we know some schools we might have heard a little bit about well I mean you just heard about Amisha just getting drafted a perfect time to put in a Jackson State spot for come to our school see what it's about because I mean, there's a million and one reasons why Jackson State has attention. Deion Sanders, um, all these kids that are switching over, um, the mass exodus of all of these athletes um, switching from, you know, power fives and mid-major PWIs to HBCUs. Like, what better time to utilize that ad space if you're going to use 20 ad slots every single time uh, every other athlete gets drafted? You might as well throw it in for – let these kids realize you can go to school here. Like, I don't know. I always just felt like that was, it was a waste of ad space for sure. I know they have expectations, but let's use it a little bit better. Um, That was one of my biggest things that I beat. A lot of bit better, to be honest. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. They're, I don't know if they're overthinking it or underthinking it, but I mean, literally putting 30 seconds worth of highlights for a professional sports organization and stats and an about her blip 30 seconds that's all it takes like you know you do that in your sleep i don't know about all that that's a high that's a that, they're gonna have to give me a good coin because i just feel like from a coverage standpoint um this also goes back and just to the entire production value of it and not just acknowledging you know the the athletes that were there um, that did not go to HBCUs, but the ones that were there, um, the research, like there was a lack of it. I feel like um, you could have easily hit up like Jackson state has a great media team. A&T has an even better media team. Um, they do. They have really great like media, pre- like social media presence and like creative presence. Um, that's on par with a lot of power fives, just based off of like, the fanfare from like these teams like had I'll say um obviously with Amisha getting drafted like obviously Jackson State's gonna go hard but like A&T's like base this like the one of the largest HBCUs if not um not just in North Carolina but nationally the attention that would have came from that the clicks that would have came from that would have been ridiculous and like I'm just now seeing at least on the W uh Twitter the main one they're just now, literally before I logged on here, they just put a, a tweet out for Abisha. And I'm just like, we've been talking about that. Like, and that was old news. Like, now you need to, like, this is the time to get on it. Like, talk to these athletes, figure out what they got going on, follow their journey. But y'all could have did that, you know, months ago. Y'all could have told Jackson State's media team to do it, and they would have did it because they have the manpower to do it. Um, and I feel like the coverage was kind of poor in that aspect because she has a lot of, stories that she could have given like she just got married like all of these little things like she was not Amisha Williams holiday 
like a couple of months ago. She was just Amisha Williams. I didn't even know who that was when I saw, I was like, I didn't know she got married. Like people would never know that, but she has like a whole lot to add to her story. And I don't think that was stressed enough. Uh, Y'all can blame Holly for that, but um, they definitely did not do their research on like the schools. Um, They were just kind of like, let's make sure that this is on TV and it sucks because there was a lot of good stories that could have been covered that didn't involve trauma porn or any of that. Um, And the coverage was just poor in the aspect of um, the athletes that have very unique and very history trailblazing-esque stories. A mouthful right there because Holly showed did love to talk about trauma. Yeah. And For sure. I just I don't think that has a place there. I just don't think that's what you ask about. Like when she asked Ryan about Terrence Clark right out the gate, I was just like, oh Lord, we're doing this with number one. And and then going back down to Nas asking about getting cut. Like, why would you do that? They just got drafted. And then on an, on another step, like, did the Fever even say anything about Amisha when they drafted her? Didn't they leave her out of some stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They left her out of a graphic. It was like, we have a squad. And I was like, your squad has only four people on here. I'm pretty sure there's be a fifth a fifth picture. Like, yeah, don't do that. Well, that's like we talked about it on Monday. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> you're we, we fine. We talked about it on Monday when we were doing, when we were recording the draft reaction pod daily and we're talking about well, didn't they had draft like five people or whatever? And it's like, actually, they drafted seven. You just wouldn't know it if you're not like, like the way, if you're just following like, what they're putting out, you're seeing the first round picks and you're seeing him. And that's it. Yeah. And yeah. there was more than that. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. It, it's not just, we. It, it's very easy to blame the Holly Rose or the ESPNs or the whatevers of the world. But it, it, honestly, it goes far beyond. It, it, it's Everyone who's it's it's us it's but like we're trying but like it's it's all it's the teams everyone that's covering it just needs to do a better job of acknowledging and while it does fall on like the bigger people that like or the bigger organizations that are at the forefront of it it's not just ESPN because like you said if the team's not going to put it out that's telling too right like that's crazy to me mm-hmm. I agree. it's it's a deeply rooted systemic issue at this point throughout the entire. A lot of the media places, but also the W themselves, like we say it just about every time we record, but they get in their own way more than anything. Like they are, they are lacking a lot of really basic things for whatever reason. With my theory is that the people that work at the W don't care about the W, but maybe they just, maybe they're just not smart. I don't know, but the girls are not smart. There's definitely a lot of disconnect in every level in terms of coverage and promotion and who they put in front of you. Like, I'm tired of seeing Sue and Diane. I'm tired of seeing all of them. Like, let's see somebody else. And with all due respect to Henny, as wonderful as Henny is, she was one of 24 people not picked in the first round. Like, Show me more, even like show me more Nas. I want to see more Nas. Like show me more. Uh, who was who was the pick? I had somebody else lined up, but my mind blank. But like I want to see more of every one of them. Like when the Sparks picked Amy Atwood, I was like, who is that? And they never never gave me anything. I had to wait for the press release to find out who she even was. And I was like, see, if if I'm asking that and I follow it closely, I know if somebody else is watching and they have no idea that like, who was that? And they probably won't care to find out. Turns out she went to the University of Hawaii. Heck of a shooter. Derek Fisher likes her as a shooter and as a scorer. Um, but yeah, I, I knew nothing about her. Apparently she was like player of the year. I think Big West. So she's not bad, but you would have never known that if I didn't tell you that. Yeah, but it's like, that's the thing I think we see now. Um, We had like all of this outreach and outcry, you know, two years ago, especially like that was kind of like what the the W was banking on and like not saying like it wasn't all in vain, but looking at it now was like, we talked about being more than athletes, but like 
the, this was the perfect time to acknowledge that. Uh, and I feel like that was not the, the, the best way of doing it. And I hate that just from a, a standpoint of like, I always try to see what athletes are um, outside of their uniform, because um, even though, you know, the majority of their life, it feels like that's all they're known for. They definitely have way more to offer um, than just that. And they just didn't do that. And I feel like circling back, like to what you were saying, Bailey, with like the, the deep rooted part of it and you too, Corey, like both of you guys saying this, I'm saying this from the perspective of somebody in a, a, a double, a double minority area of being black and a woman. Um, I think, and then I guess the, the super, super duper minority of going to a very poor, small school in the middle of nowhere. I mean, a lot of people experience that same thing, but to add that extra little thing on top of that, uh, Jackson state, even though like they have the manpower, thank you, Dion Sanders for all of your coins, but like, there's still so many other things that could have been acknowledged. And I feel like, um, I'm saying Jackson state, but like my school in the middle of nowhere, like we have a whole, uh, switching over, I guess, to the NCAA side is we have like a whole tournament de- dedicated to the person who like literally broke the color barrier for, for basketball players. Like, and nobody gets any acknowledgement to that. And I mean, I put it in my notes too. I'm like, we're talking about, you know, we got this HBCU slash WNBA advocate in Chris Paul, no shade to Chris Paul, great guy, but like, what, <sighs> sir? What, what does he do? Like, I'm there's just, a, there's I'm a lot of talking the talk without walking the walk, both at the W level, like in, in the league, because you, you know, you went back to like the bubble and how they were talking about, you know, em- embracing athletes as people too. But even then they don't do that as well as they should, especially if you're a black athlete or a masculine presenting athlete or whatever it may be like, uh, or LGBTQ athlete, like, they don't do that. Like they really don't. Have y'all ever seen? And again, I don't say this to a bl- to shade her, but even in my years watching the W, I've seen players who I think were better not get the embrace that like Sabrina's gotten. You know what I mean? And and again, I know that's not Sabrina's fault, but that 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 just points to the issues that still lie. And there's seems to be a lot of internalized like I don't want to say racism but like you know the colorism or misogyny like there's a lot of that still in the W despite them constantly talking about being against all of that it's like the players okay they're they're fine you know the players association and whatever they really support their athletes but the league itself isn't backing that up and it's creating a disconnect and a divide because I know, Corey, you're not the biggest fan, but like Courtney Williams, she's a good basketball player, but you don't ever see her promoted for anything. But she had her own YouTube channel that did very well. And I never once heard that reference in any type of broadcast or anything. Oh, the girls love her. Right. Like the the every my friend, I'm not gonna I don't want to throw, but she literally like that is her whole crush. I'm like, have you ever watched the WNBA? No. She's watched mm-hmm. like a couple of games, but that's she loves herself, Courtney Williams. Like, I'm like right. You know, I think about like Erica Wheeler. I think Erica Wheeler has one of the best personalities in the W. She's so much fun. She laughs and jokes around in interviews off the court on Instagram. And Adidas has embraced her as an athlete. But the W, I mean, and she's got a great story. Undrafted, you know, all-star MVP and went from Indiana to LA. And like, that's a great story. And she's, to me, she's incredibly marketable, but I don't see it. And then you, what John Cole Jones tweeted about in February, still very relevant. She's the MVP, reigning MVP of the league, arguably the best player in the league, one of the most unique players in the league. And it's just like, what is, where is the disconnect here? Because we have this W Twitter. We have a group of very passionate, very vocal people in W Twitter that say what they want to hear or say, say what they want to see, pardon me, and we don't ever see it. Well, because the issue is, is that right now for a lot of these, whether in, in a lot of the decision-making roles, it's it's a lot of people that have a very old school way of thinking and are like, well, I know what's worked forever. I know what 
I mean, of course, I know what's worked before. Why why would I change what's worked? And I, to to an extent, I sort of get that. But even then, you're not incorporating the things that you've seen work on the other side because, so like just comparing, and and I'm not doing it to like do a cross sport comparison, but especially whenever it comes to like whenever you're, it's the same networks that are producing a draft or the ads or whatever. And they're finding a way to successfully promote everything without it either being a trauma story or just, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, the newest great white hope. Like, it's not like it doesn't always have to be that, but for whatever reason, that's, that, that's where you're seeing the biggest shift of focus here. And I, I don't understand why that, is. I mean, let me rephrase. I do understand why that is. I don't understand how we have not evolved beyond that. And it, it just doesn't, you you see that this league is able to thrive. The as someone who was pulled in as a fan during a season where you're embracing everything in the bubble and with um, say her name and everything like that. That's what your fan base was gravitating gravitating towards in the first place because they saw that these were athletes, these were activists, and these were people. Like all three, like it, it was not like there was a hierarchy of anything. It was they were there was so much personality and independence and everything that you love about sports was there. And for whatever reasons, I don't know if it's, I don't know why since the bubble is over, they have not focused on that nearly as much. I think that that's a missed opportunity because not that I I don't like want to focus on just the traumatic side of things, because I do think that that's a negative as well, but you can, you can, you, you already saw that there's so many people here that have something to say, what fun, negative, whatever. Focus on that. That's what draws people in. You love the human interest story of sports. I don't know why it has it, it has become so muted recently. Yeah, I feel like it might be a um, <clears throat> I guess like a there's there's definitely like no connection, and I feel like I'm definitely big on that because there's ways that you can pull people in um, from different areas. Like I probably like last year ish. I remember doing my um, starting my research for like uh my grad in my grad school situation that was not a fun time um just a lot of reading and like there was one research article that kind of like stuck out to me um and it's especially now a lot of people are gravitated towards not just the teams but you know the the league as a whole um some people are just general fans you know you have people connected to the athlete um just that one athlete because that one athlete might be um something specific that just speaks out to them i.e for me uh I really feel like I gravitated towards at the time Renee Montgomery because one she's from West Virginia I went to school there two I didn't know her mom was a professor at my university so that within itself I'm like bro like you never pull up um, and I had the opportunity to to work with and be around them. And one of the things that she was doing at the time, I don't know if she's still tapping into it, was trying to um, kind of rebuild Morris Brown, which is, thank goodness, they're back in somewhat good graces. But at the time, they weren't. Um, and everybody knows Morris Brown from Drumline, if you've seen it. I mean, they're like the villain school. Um uh, but that's a really like popular school and they're known for their band. And that was like one of the things that I'm like, oh, you're all tapped into this. Like I was casually watching and I will never be like dishonest and saying like I was casually watching the W here and there. But I always love women's basketball. I was more gravitated towards NCAA women's basketball because of how the W kind of like managed it, especially in my younger years, like we're going to see like Georgia Tech women's basketball play, even if they weren't the greatest. Like we're going to go make sure we see Maya Moore. We're going to make sure we see all these things. But like when they got to the W, it was just kind of like, ah, cool. All right, have fun. Them girls is playing overseas and getting the bag. So, it, I mean, that's what I want to see. And that's like what they have at their best interest at heart. But like these people are finding like these connections and they're not like really pushing on it and I use the dream as an example because that's literally like what built their base in 2020 was like their activism and what they were doing off of the court um the voting stuff with Raphael Warnock um their connections with the AUC with uh Spellman Morehouse and Clark like all of those things like that was what were pulling people in and like 
it stopped. It's not as excessive as it used to be. Um, Renee, no shade whatsoever, but what's what's come on, baby girl? You gotta you gotta step it up because you got me pulled back. in. Huh? What happened? Energy back. Oh yeah, no, like seriously, because I think that's one of the biggest things, and that's they missed out on again. I mean, the the main point of the conversation was talking about um, HBCUs. Like, you really missed on a bag because a, a bag and just like a whole like slew of fans like could have went straight to the SWAC tournament to scout and see Amisha playing because I'm 99% sure Amisha knew that she was gonna probably declare based off of how they were doing. They went 16 and 0 in the SWAC. Like, it was no questions asked. They were playing Power Fives like the whole season. It was not a question of whether she was going to go or not, but <clears throat> the LSU appearance probably boosted her draft stock a little bit, if not oh, a lot yeah. of it. So it was like missed opportunities to connect because, like I said, Jackson State's alumni base is huge. North Carolina A&T's alumni base is huge. West Virginia State's alumni base is humongous. Like, all you got to say is Earl Lloyd, and the people will just come out of the woodwork. Like, I didn't even know you went to school here, sir. Like, they don't tap into those those small connections that take people in. And especially when you have a over 80% black woman population in your league and you have no shade to Kathy, but you have Kathy, Kathy running it. And then you have her, her people beside her that none of them look like me. Um, yeah. I'm going to be a little, a little questionable on how you manage things. I think the person who runs the W is a black woman, but I have to circle back to confirm, but baby girl not doing a good job either. I'm sorry. She's just not because there's no way that you're not connecting the dots. Like, come on now. Like it's not connecting. And I think that's like one of my biggest things is they're not connecting to their base. Cause there's so many ways that you can pull people in. Yeah. You gotta keep it a book. Gotta keep it a book. And and I think it's interesting that they don't really seem to tap into the Greek connection either, given how many girls in the W or women in the W, pardon me, are openly and actively members. See, like you. Period. Always and every I mean, time. I think that's number one, one draft pick. Number one draft pick this past year. Number one draft pick two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not just like like bench player. Like you got stars who are very passionate about that, like, and some teams hold Greek nights, some teams, but, like, I feel like the league as a whole should do more about that. It's a oh, very they, untapped base. Yeah, I mean, I think from – all they have to do is, like, I implored any and all organizations, except on the West Coast. There's not really any HBCs on the West Coast. But if you're in Atlanta, um, if – the sting was still around i would tell them to go visit benedict and to visit south carolina state um the the mystics i mean i don't understand how you not visit in howard i mean it's right there like these are little things that are like opportunities to see like how like i'm not saying take from it but when you have like you just said you have greek um literally people who are greek and people who are in some of the largest and most known organizations like outside of like the most you know known league as it is like you're you're talking about like you're missing out on an opportunity like there's way too many aka's and there's way too many deltas and there's way too many zetas and just just people in general who support them um uh, to be missing out on that opportunity and as far as greek nights i haven't gone to any as of recent um some do great, others not so much, but there should be more, like you said, incorporation with it because that's really like the foundations of like of what a lot of these campuses have um, really based their stuff off of. Like, there's no reason why, I don't, I don't know why the Mystics and Howard don't work together. I'm not saying that they haven't, but I haven't heard much of it. And that should be considered once again, because that's a great school to, connect with honestly an amazing school that's like these the hbcu when people think of hbcu so right. why are you not hitting them up like yeah we'll come down and practice at your facilities and then give you like a couple a couple of dollars slide it over there 
come watch us play. It's like simple stuff. Simple stuff. Isn't Howard where five of the nine started? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's easy money. Yeah. I mean, very simple, very, very just, it's just simple stuff. Like, and it's not hard. I mean, these people are willing, like, and I think one of the biggest connections I see between the W and between HBCUs is that it's something that everybody loves to support um, when the support is kind of like everybody's doing it. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty, um, you know, when we're like struggling, like when the draft is not going well or like when the teams are playing their conference games and the games aren't as fun to watch because sometimes you got a Jackson State, Jackson State playing a Southern and sometimes you got West Virginia State playing Winston-Salem State and somebody's getting ragged on, like they dip out. And I feel like that's one of the things that people have to realize is like, it's a thick and thin type of deal. Like I didn't give up on my school when I was like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I hate to hear. Um, I don't know where, like, I, there's nothing to like, it's a culture shock going to West Virginia coming from Georgia. So for me, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to stay. Um, and I'm glad I did because the experiences that I got, I probably would not have been able to have, but people don't stay through the thick and thin. They stay when it's popular. I had to literally, I DM Chris Paul like five times, like, yo, you've been wearing all these other schools because you have not worn the school of the person who literally has started the NBA. You have not worn, um, the school that has one of the people that got the first people on the moon, the first people in orbit, Catherine Johnson. Like I can give you a whole rap sheet on people that have gone to my school. And I think that's like the thing that is overlooked. Like they're just not a thick and thin type deal. They're like, oh yeah, it's popping orange hoodie. Oh yeah. Let me go grab a, you know, a Howard shirt, a Clark Atlanta shirt, a Spelman Morehouse. Let me rock this real quick. Oh, they're getting ragged on by UGA. Let me leave real quick. I don't want to see it. I don't know. Like that's one of my biggest critiques of of the fad that is that they turn it into a fad I should say that's the problem I have yeah we've talked about the orange hoodie fad a couple of times how the we wonder if the 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 NBA players are wearing because they want to or if they're getting paid to or if they're being forced to or whatever like because and then also you saw during the finals like when the Suns were at the game they had like a five minute segment in the middle of the game talking to the Phoenix Suns. And I'm just like, I want to watch the game. And you know who was doing it? Holly Rowe. But I digress. Yeah, there's, there's, there's just a lot of, um, like you said, kind of wishy-washy fake love type stuff. And it's not going to get anywhere. Well, and, like, even if they're not getting paid to wear the orange hoodie, even if it is genuine, like, just doing the lowest common denominator stuff is not sufficient anymore. Like, it's, it's like, anytime we've talked about any, any of these, like, activist awards or anything like that, it's, like, the people they're typically talking about are the people that did, well, I did the bare minimum, but I'm famous, so you know who I am, you saw that I did it, that should be enough, and it's just, like, that isn't actually do something, like, uh, and I know that Akil are one of our normal hosts. We'll be happy that I'm talking about, but it's like, I know that Kyrie is easy to rag on at this point and easy to not really like, but like he was doing stuff for it too. And that never gets mentioned and like a paying salaries and things like that. But he, he's a, he's a, he's hot. He's a hot topic. So just talk about the guy that wore the orange hoodie. Even if like, again, even if it's completely genuine, that doesn't, like, you're not helping anybody in that regard. You're just kind of pushing a narrative that doesn't actually benefit anybody. And I think, I think they gave Chris Paul a loophole low key when they made it to like contributions to women's basketball instead of the W, which is fine once again. But I mean, when I looked into it, like, okay, he has like girls camps, which is great. <laughs> but compared to what Kyrie did, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's equal. Right. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. My third eye is not as open as Kyrie's is, but if I was in his shoes and thinking like he, typically does i would have been like y'all ain't give me this because i think the world is flat or whatever like i think birds are fake but y'all didn't give me this award just because of that 
Well, the I thing is, is he doesn't care about it, and that's and right. that's what, that's what the, the, the thing is. He actually like again don't agree with a lot of like uh, uh, plenty of what he does, but the fact that he did it and doesn't actually care that he he's like not making a stink. He's just like cool, whatever. I, just, I did I did what was right. I'm trying to put on for people as opposed to whoever can get the photo op is. That's kind of the like it's not the only issue we're talking about here, but it's certainly a a part of the issue that we're talking about. Oh yeah, like you just hit the nail on the head, like and. I'll I'll add to what you're saying in a way is like, you know, when you're so used to doing charitable things, when you have a servant's heart, nothing is going to seem like it's never going to seem like you're just doing what you regularly do. It's never going to be like, oh, you know, look what I did. Like nobody. Okay, cool. Like, I think that's one of the things that Kyrie is very used to doing that. And like you said, like he did a lot for, the W in a time where it was like, your boy just asked why, why is, why are the girls not getting um, the opportunity to do one and dones like the boys? And it's like, did you do your research first? Like you have a researcher. I know you do because you just don't have the time, sir. You over here in your sleep chambers and all this other stuff just to not go to the playoffs. And you can't do five seconds of research to see why the girls don't have one and dones. But he got his repeats, though. That's all. That's all he cared about. Is he got he got the reaction and he, he moved on out right. of there. Like, eventually, it has to be more about just clicks and retweets. It has to be more about actually thinking about what's going on and enacting change. And I don't think that the change there is actually what should happen. But in general, like, stop just saying the popular thing and actually think. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I genuinely that, that's and like I think all of this stuff is interwoven, and that's why it's like we can go off of like different things. And that's why it's like, even with all these notes and all this stuff is like, all this stuff at the end of the day is interwoven because when this, when this league came about over a quarter century ago, which is crazy, um, it came into fruition during a time when there were a lot of other things going on, like the digital age, like everybody expects it to move fast and it's not nearly as, simple as that um you're trying to make this stuff go viral when it's not about going viral it's about just making sure that it, the exposure is right like um prime example i'll again switch it back over my mom is the best example of that um she made sure when i was looking at schools and she made sure when i was playing sports and all this other stuff like when i ran track and when i played basketball I didn't just go to men's basketball games. Like she took me to women's basketball games too. Um, and shout out to Rebecca Tillett. She basically said like, you know, you're going to be a fan of women's and men's basketball if you're exposed to both early on. And uh, it still applies to um, the HBCU aspect of it, the the mid-major aspect of it. I didn't rule out any schools or anything like that because I was exposed to all of it. My uncle went to an NAI school. So it was like, I mean, kids are not thinking about going to NAI schools because they don't think that they're going to be able to go overseas when I would watch kids go overseas and get paid a bag after playing in NAI. Um, They just don't do a really good job with exposing it early. Um, And Chris Paul and all of the girls and all of the boys had the perfect opportunity to to really not just expose others, but expose themselves in the proper way. Um, My man's him. Michael B. Jordan and all of them, they all had these HBCU tournaments for men's basketball, but no women's basketball. Huh? Like, what are you doing? Like, this is the perfect time. Like, on top of all of that, the most acknowledged HBCU tournament, men's and women's basketball, is the CIAA, and that's D2. Like, that gets the same amount of clicks as a March Madness, if you really want to look the engagement numbers, it will get the same amount of clicks based off of just the attention as it is. And people don't realize that because Chris Paul, who went to Winston-Salem State, which is in that conference, didn't do his research clearly to just say, okay, I'm going to give my coin to this. And that's cool. And we're totally fine with you giving us our, the, giving us the coin because we don't have it. The same way the W players were probably grateful as I don't know what, that Kyrie gave them the coin because we don't have that. Like, we don't have it like that. We don't got it like that. If we did, we would have been circling the money around ourselves. But it's like, 
people don't get exposed to that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know who y'all's researchers are and everything, but these are the things that you should be considering is like, the playing field has to be leveled in order to do that. You need to see every aspect of every little thing, not just what's, what's popping right now, what you have your personal connection to, because you might have a personal connection to something that you had no clue. I had no idea that I would have had a connection to Renee, Renee Montgomery based off of her mom and her being from West Virginia and her mom teaching at my school, like stuff like that. You just have to really like do your diligence. If it takes a couple more days, if it takes a couple more months, that's fine. But I'd rather you do it right than to have to circle back and then try it again later. Like, come on now. We too, we too grown for this at your big age. No, absolutely not. You would think they take the same approach being professional or high level people in these spaces, but they obviously don't. Oh, they don't have the, the, I think the thing is they, they have the, the resources to do it too. And it's like, what what it's not hard to go hire a researcher like ESPN does it all the time do they do the best at it I don't know but they have researchers um and I feel like these people are schooling you and telling you you know the ins and outs of it it's not hard to just like read I know I know everybody should be able to to read the tweets that they putting out like come on now I think that's a, a thing that I will always kind of like say that the w that ncaa and all these other places when it comes to these like specific topics they're just not doing the little extra sift and search to really get into it um but yeah i think that's that's the that's the main takeaway from all that expose yourself early expose yourself where you can and there's nothing wrong with learning in the long run honestly because you will be a whole lot better for it what we're trying to do you're here teaching us and teaching whoever listens to this of course of course that was my biggest my biggest goal we've got yeah. our own researcher in the building oh yeah and i'm oh i'm forever researching i think that's the biggest thing is like y'all probably didn't know a lot of the stuff that i was talking about but now you know it's like because you got one foot in the door after two decades for one person that's just one person, but I promise you there will definitely be more if they if they do it right. Um, having that connection and forming that connection now, or at least attempting to do that, especially as the season progresses. Fingers crossed the, the fever don't do fever things and just bust at the seams, but just acknowledging her a whole lot more, um, not four days later, not, you know, when it's when it, it the the moment just feels right like do it now because we're all waiting for it and I'm still you know waiting for that rollout the way they did for everybody else um you'll get the love that you need if you just do it at that moment like don't think about it just kind of do it because we we're waiting for it you're going to get your your engagements regardless I know you got a quota but just let it ride out and just try like just try I think that's my my biggest thing just try it man just try it just do it it's that simple yeah thank Literally you. that simple you've got a player that you've given no love to give them some love because that's what the people want to see oh yeah and i'm sure like you know there's just a lot of connections that could be made and i mean there's plenty of folks from the midwest specifically you're talking about indiana to mississippi there's plenty of black people who have made that exodus from Mississippi to the Midwest there's clearly a connection there that people could tap into with her and I'm sure she probably has family in the Midwest because like I said she's from Mississippi so it's like she has family there um I'm sure I'm very much sure of it because I got family from down south and a lot of them are from up north or they took their talents up north and came back down here because the rent is cheaper but it's like you would never know that if you don't ask her, if you don't give her the the coverage, if you don't give any of these women the coverage, like the season's coming next year for NCAA. The season is rolling out this year. Um, well, in 22 days for the W, it's like, you got the time. It's not hard. You don't have to do too much, but you could, you could definitely try because I'm sure uh, 
people are going to want to look for it and they're going to ask about it. Yeah. The, the desire, the intrigue, the want is definitely there from a wide variety of people. And also, again, it's a different level of engagement. You get fans you may not know you had or that may have never seen it because they find something that's relatable. Absolutely. If you're really trying to be growth-minded as a league, that's what you look for, or you should look for, I should say. They don't always seem to do that. But, I mean, they miss so much low-hanging fruit every year. Every year. Like, it's wild. You know, even looking back last year, like, and, you, you know, you talked about this before, but, like, but Nigel Laney is someone we talk about not getting all the shine that we think she deserves. And she even ties into this conversation because her mother played way back when as part of that Final Four team. There's a story right there. You could tie her in with her. I mean, I know um, one of the brands did it, but the league itself hasn't really tapped into it too much. Talk about that. Talk about that connection and that impact on where we're at now with two HBCU players declaring one getting drafted and the history, like there's so much. And, and it's like, it's like Corey and I, we, we know we're not super familiar with that. And even if we went back and looked everything up, which I've looked a little bit up um, and I'm sure Corey has too, I don't know, but there's no way we could get all that information in a way that would probably help us be what we could be if they put it in front of us or having someone like you come on here and tell us more about it. Yeah, very true. But it also goes again. um, I mean, there's so many people. I mean, ESPN prime example, sorry, they got to be the hot, the, the hot topic, but they were the ones with all the coverage. You didn't have to have Holly. You could have had Tiffany green. You didn't have to have, Holly at all quite frankly and I'm not like but it's just little things that like would change it because Tiffany Green attended FAMU and it's like that would have been a perfect at least feature like you could have had her do the feature uh FAMU is in the SWAC which is in the same conference as where Jackson State is you could have had Monica McNutt she has ties to to MEAC schools she could have talked with uh Shannon Scott I know they're not in the MEAC anymore but it's like you could have had the connections there, um, made it a little more like digestible in that aspect. Um, you could have even had Miss Yolanda Laney herself come down from Cheney and actually like sit in there. Like she don't have to really know how to manage the the production side of it. Just make sure she doesn't say anything wild and crazy. But I'm sure she wouldn't because she has the experience. They had press conferences back then. They interviewed. They did all that. So it's like, I feel like they there's missed opportunities, and I know those are little small things, um, but, you know, you can really kind of tap into those little things because that's a connection right there that's like, okay, this is somebody new. Let me look her up. I mean, Tiffany Green has been working with ESPN forever and a day. She's covered every single Celebration Bowl and every single MEAC SWAC Challenge, and that would have been the perfect opportunity to give her an opportunity to – do something different like have a different face to it like she's genuinely like a pretty knowledgeable person when it comes to this stuff I mean if you know basketball you know basketball I'm pretty sure if you put a stat sheet in front of her she'll be straight like she's very knowledgeable and she has the personality and sometimes it's not really about like you know the stat line sometimes you can just really just have her like vibing with them and I'm sure they would have enjoyed it considering like a lot of people like Tiffany Green um, and not Holly. Uh, no shade, Holly, but yeah, got to do better, sis. I don't know. but Much better. But there's just little things, you know, little tweaks and changes. And I know it's like fresh on the minds of, of the W or whatever they're thinking about now. Lord knows whatever it is. But little things like that can improve um, the engagement for the long run as far as people tapping in because I don't expect the numbers to be the same if it's going to be like this again like anybody going to enjoy that no not at all so 
I think yeah. I think there's so much feedback about the different teams they put out, like the the teams of staff, right? And Monica McNutt got great reviews. Andrea Carter does a great job. Tiffany Green is also a good option. Like all these people are there. And meanwhile, last year, if you recall, people were talking about, oh, well, Holly did this game and eight hours later was at this game and eight hours later was doing this. And she was like, I'm going to work. Like, you don't have to do that, Holly. And if you really want to be an ally, like you could say you are, pass those options off, pass those occasions off let somebody else have them or put somebody else on but here we are i i just think that you know holly Rowe is very good at what she does i said this on other products she's very good at what she does but she has a specific type of personality that i don't think really translates to the draft and i I don't mean that in a bad way but you know she doesn't really have that level of energy like I think uh Monica McNutt would have brought a crazy energy. I think Andrea Carter could have really brought that level of energy. So I think that those would have been really great options in that's in that space. She's really good at like doing inquiring, asking questions, but not in a moment like that. You know, and I think that that's something that I don't know if it's the individuals or the organizations or whoever. I think they need to look at who they've got doing what and be like. We've got better over here. Let's put them there and make a better experience and a better overall atmosphere for whether it's players getting covered, you know, at these different levels or players getting drafted, whatever it may be. But not everybody can self-reflect that easily. Absolutely. So, but do you have anything else that you want to touch on while you're here? Honestly, I mean, the the main thing, I guess, like, closer would definitely be, like, uh, just support. I mean, I'm literally one of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of graduates of an HBCU. There's a, there's 107 of them. I hope. Still 107. <laughs> um, there's over 100 of them. So I just feel like I mean, I've talked about two mainly, primarily, um, maybe three and a half, four. Um, Five, but six. I think, yeah, like, you know, I've, I've talked about a very, a blip of all of them. And there's so many that I can run off like little factoids and stuff. And so I think like one of the main things is kind of just um, always a resource, but there's always like great resources as well that cover um HBCU culture I know HBCU game day is like one of the the biggest ones everybody literally loves covering that they do great coverage um on top of that there's literally it's just HBCU sports um some of my friends that are also in the HBCU realm um Nia Simone she literally works with Nike now like she went to Alabama State like we're in there I think that one thing that I feel like people should definitely, you know, tap into is just kind of just doing, doing the research and supporting those little things, um, specifically like the HBCU media outlets. That really helps them out a lot, obviously, gives them the exposure, interacting with their stuff, reading their content. Um, but coming from a small D2 HBCU, shout out to State once again, supporting the smaller ones like support the CIAA and the SIAC, support Savannah State. They just got a football coach for, I don't know, they've been without one forever. Like the little things, like learn about, you know, their homecomings, their traditions and stuff. And like, it's little stuff like that, that really like makes us feel good. Like I always try at least once a day to tweet about something HBCU related or something because it'll hit somebody's timeline and they'll be interested and they'll learn about it. Um, so it's really just like pay attention to those little things because there's so many that you can learn from. Um, there's so much unique information that I didn't even get to touch on, but there's so many things like just kind of do your diligence, but that's a great start is, you know, reaching out to reaching out and interacting with those those media outlets because they they do the work, honestly. They do the work, they move, they shake. 
They make sure that they're at everything. Um, HBCU game day was on it when Amisha got picked up. Um, And I'm sure that other pages are as well, but I'm always a resource. I'm not the main one. I'm probably not the best at it, but um, because I talk my mess at the end of the day, but there are so many people that are a little more professional than me and really are passionate, just as passionate as I am about it. Um, So that's really like the main thing is, you know, support those people um because sometimes my mouth be reckless i'm not going to say that i'm the best the best resource but i'm totally fine with doing that if you if you want me to be um so yeah that's the main thing is you know do your diligence it's it's fun over here trust me <laughs> a, a sprinkle of spice here and there makes for the best content <laughs> absolutely uh, so sometimes i think you're selling yourself short uh but, i do that sometimes but, yeah. but speaking of that, where where can the people find you and your HBCU expertise and your creativity at? Um, you can find me on all social media platforms. All my handles are the same. It makes my life easier at Precious Color. Um, I get I, I usually spell it out phonetically because I know people. That's just instinct. Uh, P R E C O C I O U S Color. Um, and then I have my own page, uh, my creative page, which is Precious Media with an underscore on Instagram. Uh, I'm definitely attempting and still working at like getting with a lot of HBCU athletes from all levels, um, connecting with them. And I'm working on a, a little a little baby series, if you will, um, like small, very small series, like mini, mini series. So it's connecting with those athletes and seeing what they have to offer because some sometimes they got some unique stories that you miss out on um and hopefully I can connect with more and more as time progresses and I don't want to just limit it to HBCU athletes because um there's so many more athletes in different areas and facets that are they need some some love too so NAIA all that other stuff I'm definitely the helping out the little guys for sure. But that's where you can find me at Precious Color, at Precious Media underscore on Instagram. If you follow me, you need to say you found me from here because I will soft block like no other. And be like, who are you? Bye. Okay, see ya. But <laughs> that's where you can find me. <laughs> she gave you the warning if you pop up soft blocks. Yeah, you why. can't be popping up. You gotta, hey, I heard something. Okay, awesome. Welcome. I don't want no chaos. This, no we don't chaos. want that. Unless you start it. Yeah, please don't, because I'm, we'll finish it. I think that wraps up another episode of Rebel Edition. We had to come back and close it out after our random interjection. Uh, Corey, <laughs> Corey, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank Always. you for joining us. We'll have you back sooner than later to teach us more things. Absolutely. I would love to I love being the the fake professor, the adjunct. <laughs>